Hey guys, and welcome back to another episode of Food School Smarter, Stronger, Leaner podcast. Today is Monday, guys. It's Monday, it's new week, new day. It's almost the beginning of the second month of fall. It's almost 2020 in just three months. Can you believe it? It's almost 2020. When I was at school, I thought 2020 is going to be like the future, where we're all going to live in some sort of Star Trek reality. Um, And it's almost it. It's 2020. We are still not kind of there, not living in Star Trek reality. But it's pretty awesome what's happening, Uh, you know, how technology developed, how we all connected are now, and how our health health industry uh, specifically moves forward, like, so fast. It's like everyday new scientific discovery. They're already editing genes, you know, in China they edited uh, embryos of real kids who are alive right now, Uh, and... uh, yeah, it's just exciting what's going to happen in the next even decade. Like, for sure, in 2030, we're going to live in some Star Trek future. <laughs> I'm sure of it. So anyhow, every Monday, as I promised, we're going to have um, some guests, some exciting, um, really cool guests on our show. And today we do have a guest uh, that we chatted with a couple of days ago, and he's you know, into cutting-edge health future technology. Uh, We chatted with Tony Wrighton. He's a well-known face on British TV, known to millions as a sports presenter on Sky Sports. Tony is also an NLP expert and author published in more than 20 languages. Some of his books titles, Persuade in a Minute, 10 Steps to Getting Your Way, or relax in a minute, 10 steps to instant calm, confidence in a minute, 10 steps to getting what you want fast. So as you can see, Tony is pretty um, effective and efficient person. Everything can be done fast when you know what to do. And so recently, Tony attended the Health Optimization Summit in London, and he's going to share with us the latest trends in supplements and biohacking, health hacking technology, um, something like localized cryotherapy and what it is and how you can apply it to your body and why. We also will talk about light therapy, um, some of the latest, coolest new supplements, best biotrackers that Tony uses and recommends. We're also going to talk a lot about Tony's recent diet obsession. Um, you're going to learn what this diet obsession is and how it helped Tony to finally fix his gut that he's been trying to fix for his whole life. And now finally he's done it and he's very excited about that and can't wait to share it with as many people as possible to also help you guys to ha- who can have the same issue to solve the same problem. Also, we talked about my dad. Tony is a great interview interviewer, presenter, and so he asked me a lot of questions, uh, allowed me also to share a little bit more of my journey, um, my diets, my life, and health hacks, so stay tuned for that. 
Um, and at the end of Tony shared uh, his best life hacking, health hacking uh, advice that he believes we all should follow to preserve and improve our physical and mental health and well-being. And I totally agree with him. And I practice um, almost all of them except for um, his diet because um, it's not... It doesn't apply to me, but it it can apply to you, and it applies to Tony. It can help so many people. So anyhow, uh, stay tuned. Enjoy this really um, amazing, lively, uh, fun, and cool, and engaging conversation uh, with Tony. Um, it was real fun uh, chatting with Tony. So enjoy this conversation. It's going to be useful, fun, and just gonna give you a little bit more of zest in your life. By the way, Tony is the host of his own podcast, Distology, that is all about energy and getting more of it into your life right now. <laughs> so stay tuned. So yeah, let's just, you know, start maybe with the with the conference, like what were major, I don't know, trends, but also new things that you've noticed, like what fascinated you the most? Well, um first of all it was it was fantastic having a conference in london because i have been to quite a few of these things over in the states and it's always great fun and you make lots of american friends but it's a long way to travel um and all of a sudden we had all the kind of world's best experts on our doorstep and that was really great not least because it's hard for me to travel at the moment because I've got a little one who needs to come as well uh, and wants to come as well. Um, so it was really great having having everything in London. What else I thought was really very impressive was the fact that uh, Tim is a friend of mine who organised it and he aimed very high. And at one point I thought, oh, he, is, he really is going for it here, you know, because he didn't kind of, um, it, there were no half measures. You know, you often go to a conference and the food will be a bit rubbish and there'll be one or two good speakers and there'll be one or two good stands. But everything was kind of right and with some of the world's absolute best doing what they do at this conference. So, yeah, a lot of uh, top experts here um, and um, some real cutting edge technology, supplements, nutrition and ideas in mm -hmm. terms of where health goes which i i kind of love all that bit as well well let's start with ideas like what were you know some of those ideas like that you really you know loved and thought were really interesting yeah um well there was stuff that i've kind of already tried cryotherapy you've done cryotherapy haven't you yeah i tried yeah. it in new york but only once actually did you yeah yeah so they had cryotherapy they had full body cryotherapy so there's the traditional cryotherapy units are kind of you stand in there and your head's mm -hmm. popping out the top. Um, and the idea is that is great. But firstly, your head isn't getting the benefits of the cryotherapy, which is where your body uh, freezes down to about 250 degrees minus for three minutes. And um, basically the way it works is every cell in your body thinks it's going to die. So it starts creating loads more energy and mitochondria. And my podcast, Zestology, is all about energy. So that's why I quite like cryotherapy. But the idea is if your head's popping out the top, a lot of the warmth is uh, a, a lot of the sorry a lot of the cold is escaping through the top of the cryotherapy chamber so they had a full body one there and they also had this localized cryo so i woke up on saturday morning my knee i mean it wasn't really like hurting but you know 
mm-hmm. maybe slightly sore. I don't know. I'd done a heavy session in the gym or something. So they just held this lovely little thing on my knee. Didn't hurt at all. Got a little bit cold and there was a bit of frost on it uh, for three <laughs> minutes. But it seemed to be kind of there seemed to be quite a spring in my step afterwards. So I, th- I thought that localized cry was very good, and, I, and I'll um, definitely be trying more more of that. They're kind of like ice packs, but on steroids. <laughs> exactly yeah yeah and i mean that's i suppose that's like that the whole conference and actually everything that i talk about and everything you talk about as well angela is kind of like it's you know it's a traditional a a traditional approach to health but on steroids but healthy steroids if you like Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) Um, i know what you mean not steroids natural steroids um and that is something you know that i play around with supplements so much there were lots of interesting supplement companies there as well um and so i kind of really enjoyed looking at that quite a bit of stuff on emfs so electromagnetic Mm -hmm. fields I don't know, have you looked into that much on your podcast? Um, on my podcast, no, not really, because, uh, yeah, I guess my audience is not that advanced. Like, you know, I'm just trying to get... I bet they idea. are. I bet they oh, are. Yeah, maybe, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, yeah, so what was there about uh, EMFs? So one of the things that has struck me during my podcast over the last five years is that the electromagnetic fields that surround us can have a detrimental effect on our health. In fact, they kind of they change the way that the cells work in the body. Um, and what is more alarming is that nobody really actually knows what's going on with the dramatic amount of EMFs that we've got now compared to even kind of 20 years ago. For instance, none of us had a phone until about 10 years ago that we carried around in our pocket. Sure, we had one at home and one or two of us had a big brick phone. But really, up until 2009, 2010, none of us actually had a proper kind of smartphone. Um, and now we all have smartphones with a very strong 4G and sometimes 5G signal, and most of us keep it in our pocket right next to the crown jewels, Angela. And uh, I'm not sure that's a particularly good idea in terms of the radiation, the mini amount of radiation that is emitting from this phone. And if that word radiation sounds a little bit alarmist, well, um, it shouldn't do because I mean all all electrical devices emit some sort of radiation. It might be very very small, but it's worth thinking about this. And you know, I mean, even Apple's own guidelines for the iPhone, for example, um, say that you should never hold it against your skin, which means when you're making a call, they recommend that you do not hold it to your ear. Hmm. But this is a telephone we're talking about here. So um, some of the exhibitors at the uh, Health Optimization Summit and some of the people that I've, I've kind of come across over the last year or so talk about mitigating the effects of EMF. So reducing the effects of electromagnetic fields so that your body doesn't react to it. Who knows why we're getting so many more degenerative illnesses and diseases that we're used to and um obesity is going up and inflammation is going up and in this country and i don't know about you but here for the first time ever lifespan has started to go down i think um, in us too uh in russia really? we just don't have good statistics yeah yeah um and so uh, that's and that's so it's, you, you just wonder has that peaked or is that a temporary blip or what's going on there so some of the devices that were at the health optimization summit i mean some i think are great some i wasn't too sure about um i use for example a safe sleeve on my phone which i think are great and really it's like a kind of just a small cover for your phone that is that has a kind of aluminium guard so that mm-hmm. when you hold it to your ear 
the radiation can escape out the back and the side of the device, but not through the front of the device. In theory, you can put it in your pocket, you can hold it to your ear, and the radiation wouldn't be coming out the, that way. Um, I think to be safe, you want to put it in airplane mode anyway, but I think mm -hmm. that's a really good start. And I think I've tried all sorts of different um, devices for mitigating EMFs on the smartphone, and I think that Safe Sleeve is the, is probably my favorite company for radiation protection. Um, okay. Then there are other devices that, I mean, for instance, at the Health Optimization Summit, they, they, it looks like a kind of um, a pyramid, and they mm -hmm. emit kind of um, negative ionizing waves that basically neutralize the effect of the EMF. And I realize I'm explaining this really badly, but there are quite a lot of devices that promise to do this out there. There are even stickers that you can put on your phone. Yeah. Now, and I actually spoke to one on my on my podcast of one of the guys that you might have heard that I've, I interviewed about the, the devices that he sells. And he was very plausible. And I thought, actually, it's really interesting what he had to say. I have to say that I've interviewed a couple of EMF experts on my podcast, and they said that all these devices, none of them work. <laughs> um, and they shouldn't be trusted. And they were like EMF scientists. I actually spoke to someone who ran NASA's some kind of NASA space program for 30 years. And then in his retirement has got into kind of health and wellness products. And he was like, yeah, you gotta, you gotta watch out for this stuff. So I think it's worth taking it with a pinch of salt, but I'm also really open to trying anything to reduce the effects of EMFs. And especially when you've got children, yeah. you know, I mean, some of these uh, baby monitors, by the way, are just, there's so much Wi-Fi involved. You do not want to be putting a Wi-Fi device by your baby's head. Their skull, it's, it's absolutely proven they are more sensitive to radiation. And you don't want anything Wi-Fi near them if you can help it. Yeah, and you know, sometimes it's scary, like how many of children, kids who a lot of times can't even speak yet they have you know their parents will give them their phones or their tablets and they play with them I, like uh, you know as much as they want yeah that's that's so true and do you know what's funny because our baby is about six and a half months and we know we don't really watch tv at home um and i'm not kind of too high and mighty about it we just don't really tend to watch tv that much which is slightly ironic since i my main job is i'm a tv <laughs> presenter but um if i'm ever kind of with him and i get a call or a message and I open my phone he's he just gravitates towards the phone he's trying to grab it out of me he's obsessed by the screen and I'd like to put the caveat in here that I don't use it very much in front of him but I can tell if it's addictive for him it's addictive for me as well and vice versa so yeah he, he likes the look of my smartphone I think I'm gonna have to keep that away from him yeah, I mean, most of, of the kids do. I think it's because, it's, you know, that shiny and bright and then something always moving there. But maybe that mm. also has something to do with EMFs or, or some sort of radiation. So I'm not sure. Yeah. It's so, I mean, you do you find the same? Like, the thing is, I know all this stuff about, like, addictiveness and screens and how I'm so much happy when I'm not in front of them. But, yeah, sometimes I just forget when I'm in front of my phone. No, I mean, you know, I actually... I know that. That's why I manage it like a maniac. Uh, you know, for example, with EMFs, uh, I never um, have my phone in my pocket on. I don't ever talk uh, like holding my phone to my head. Uh, I yeah. use, you know, um, some sort of headset or something else. So my phone is somewhere like far from my face. And then most of the time it's in the airplane mode uh, unless I need to actually go and um, like post something because of my work. And also, you know, I started using this Pomodoro technique um, that I learned on. Also. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I know that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So uh, now I only allow myself to 
like use social media when I schedule it. So like if I decide to, you know, spend some time on social media, I schedule it and then I put my phone like somewhere where I can't even see it. I don't even remember where it is. <laughs> That's very, very impressive. So because I I followed you on social media for a while and I very much enjoy your posts and I, and I find it quite hard not to, you know, you think, oh, it'd take me a couple of minutes to write a post, but then you start putting a different filter on it and you might put some words on it and a couple of emojis. And before you know it, it's taken a long time. But that's excellent if you schedule it. So when you go to the loo, because <laughs> everyone looks at their phone on the toilet, don't they? <laughs> but you don't because you haven't scheduled it. No. Uh, again, like most of the time when I'm at home or anywhere else, it's either like far away in my bag somewhere or somewhere like it just lying around somewhere on the couch and i a lot of times again don't even remember that it's there and also by the way like all my sound notifications they are off all the time right right have you heard about these um these new phones that are being brought out that kind of um replicate uh what phones used to be like kind of 20 years ago um, and there's one called the light phone, which is just being released at the moment. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's kind of taking the world by storm. It's a really interesting idea. And I think it started out as an Indiegogo project or a Kickstarter project or something like that. But this light phone is designed to be used as little as possible. So they, they, they say, look, the phone is a tool and it should serve you, not the other way around. And so it actually respects you. And it looks really kind of smart as well. And they've got like a lovely interface. Mm-hmm. And I think it's got I think it's got music on it. And I think it's got alarm. And I think you can get an Uber on it. So it's kind of quite practical. And I think you might have a calculator. But you can't do any social media on it. Okay. Which is a great idea. And I, and I think um, I was sent another one as well. But this this kind of thing, I think increasingly we are becoming aware that we're better when we don't have our feeds and our social media and our advertisements and our news and our email in front of us. Uh, no, definitely. You know, I noticed how my like attention span increases, how uh, I'm more able to like work more productive and I'm more focused and I create more stuff. And also I'm just uh, happier, like when I don't look on social media all the time and that I noticed like a long time ago. Mm, that's that's really cool that you do that but I, I i think the thing with me is i just don't i don't have enough self-control uh, and i and I, I consider that i do have quite a bit of self-control to even be aware of this in the first place mm-hmm. but for instance i quite often delete instagram for a week or two at a time and then i'll think oh i want to post on it so i'll, do- I'll download it back and then before i know it i'm lost in the kind of feeds again and you know when there's like 600 designers all working on making this product as addictive as possible it's very hard as being you the user to actually then say okay i'm just going to leave it at the bottom of my bag and i'm only going to use the pomodoro technique when i use social media but you know that took quite some time uh for me too and yeah, yeah there was a time when i felt when I did feel like I was addicted and then I also felt really unhappy like almost every day because of that because I just felt like I had to be constantly on and check my social media because also like there are a lot of clients of mine you know and um, it's kind of like more I do it more for work than for anything personal yeah Um, and so it was at first like hard for me to manage like and to separate like okay this is for work and um, you know at this time I'm just doing nothing there so um yeah it was work and so now it's better <laughs> mm-hmm. oh, that's really cool anyway yeah so um besides uh 
cryotherapy, uh, EMFs, uh, what, what else was there that was kind of cool and maybe you think about using or, um, or started using already? Yeah. Well, I mean, obviously loads of great speakers, loads of great nutrition, bulletproof coffees, which I know you, you like the old bulletproof mm-hmm. coffee, don't you, Angela? Oh, I love um, them. Yeah. Yeah. I um, have actually like, I, I do still very much like a bulletproof coffee, but I also sometimes often just have black coffee in the morning now um, to kind of intermittently fast a little bit more. And I find that that helps very much. Um, now, I was going to tell you about um, some of the supplements that mm-hmm. uh, I thought yeah. were very interesting there. Some kind of very good quality uh, cod liver oil supplements. It's a very interesting dentist I was speaking to from New Zealand called Dr. Hisham. Uh-huh. who didn't make it onto my podcast because I didn't have time to chat to him, but um, we've arranged to do it by Skype. And uh, he has these whole range of kind of healthy serums and toothpaste that have kind of no added ingredients, but also help your gums heal at the same time. Um, and the idea is that you use this serum and then you don't wash your mouth out afterwards. So I thought that was quite kind of, I, I thought that was quite interesting. And actually I had some mates who were working on his store who gave me a couple of his holistic oral care system products but i i quite liked it and i think the idea is that it's all alkaline so he's got this kind of mouth rinse and he's got this vital teeth serum and he also gave me some of these mints and he said when you have a coffee have one of these mints afterwards and it will alkalize your mouth so i thought that was quite interesting mm-hmm. um yeah. and then yeah that that sorry just to just to finish on that that sure. serum that i've been cleaning my teeth with it is an alkaline natural non-toothpaste dental serum for your mouth health so there you go sounds interesting uh yeah and you mentioned you know cod cod liver uh yeah and actually uh well i'm eating a lot of cod liver but not oil uh right and mostly because of vitamin d actually because you know when you're in the yes somewhere in the north you're not siberia yeah yeah Yeah. Uh, how much sunlight have you got right now well, you know, we actually have like a lot of sunlight. It's just cold also. So today, for example, it was around like plus one, plus two. Um, sunlight, yeah. the, the sun goes up somewhere around 5 a.m. and goes down somewhere around probably like 7.30 p.m. So, oh, wow. Even at this time of year. So so a lot of daylight, but just not necessarily much warmth. <laughs> yeah, but the, soon, you know, in winter, it's going to be like five hours of daylight. Wow. I mean, that's, it's funny because I don't think I've ever considered myself as suffering from seasonal affective disorder. I don't think I do. And yeah, I do always feel slightly melancholy at this time of year. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. Uh, well, I used to be much worse until I started to actually eat cod liver. Like it, it sounds funny, but I think my body was like at some, you know, on some level was just really missing vitamin D and uh, maybe other nutrition. Like I, I really right now focus on my own nutrition, like getting all the micronutrients that my body needs, um, according at least to what we know about um, our bodies and our nutrition needs. So I'm not yeah. feeling that anymore. And for example, this week, I'm not going to be spending here, like I'm going to be in Europe, so it's, it's going to be easier for me. Um, but yeah, yeah. I, I don't... No, like, it's, it's not easy, is it? I mean, I, one of the exhibitors at the... Um at the conference was called red light rising mm-hmm. and i've got one of these juve lights here in the room next to me now actually have you have you used one of them it's uh, infrared lights yeah i haven't used them but i've heard a lot of them that they have like whole body things and then they yeah. have the one that are like small and portable 
Yeah, yeah. I, I've got a kind of one. It's about, I mean, it's almost a, a meter high or half a meter high or something. You can sit in front of it. You can meditate in front of it. I mean, when you turn it on, it is like nuclear war has broken out. It is the most <laughs> extraordinary light. It's so, so bright. But it's it's um, it's supposed to be kind of good for mood, good for skin, very good for uh, inflammation, for joints, for any injuries, external or internal. And there's a lot of science and literature to back it up. And as you know, Angela, there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of claims. There's a lot of big talk in this kind of health world where health meets tech. And I, I think one of the things that I'm very interested in in terms of infrared light is there's actually so much research to back it all up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, who's, uh, I think, uh, do you know uh, Rhonda Patrick, right? Um, yes, yes, so I do. Yeah, yeah. She she's a fan of uh, infrared sauna. I'm not yes. sure if she did any research actually in um, you know infrared light and stuff, but um, mm. yeah, she does that uh, on a regular basis. I'm actually yeah. a huge believer in light therapy because uh, I do believe that everything in this universe is energy, and yes. uh, we just perceive it differently. So light is also sorts of like energy. It's you know waves. Um, and I believe, you know, different light waves affect us differently. Yeah, absolutely. I, I do as well. And I love it when uh, when people talk like you just have, because, you know, the reason I started my podcast is because I got this virus in the jungle and I had no energy for a while. So I thought I'd be great to do a podcast about energy. <laughs> but of course, the word energy works on so many different levels, doesn't it? And on yeah. one level, it's like waking up in the morning and, you know, feeling ready to go. And on another level, it is you know, the, the, the ways that we incur, in, interact seen and unseen and everything is literally energy. And without it, um, you can't do anything. And have you heard of um, LucasAid? No. What is LucasAid is like it's a it's a product that they sell here in the UK um, and it's a dreadful product. It's like Coca-Cola, but like e even more sugar. Uh, but it's, they say that it gives you all of this energy and they've come up with this new advertising slogan, which says um, energy means everything. Um, and I wish I'd thought of that because that would have been great for my podcast. But instead, <laughs> Lucasade have got it. And I don't think drinking a can of Lucasade is going to give you more energy. But there you go. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, uh, at the end of the day, it's not going to give you more energy. Like at first, yeah, it's like, I don't know. It's like taking a lot of caffeine or any of those yeah. like stimulants, you know, but then yeah. you take it and then you crash and it's not sustainable. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you really do. It's it's laden with sugar. It's absolutely delicious. <laughs> but God knows what sort of artificial sweetness they've got in there as well. Yeah. So. Um, so, yeah, we had the um, just just on that supplement stuff. I was going to tell you about the new yeah. diet that I've been following. Yeah. I'd love to hear about that. Yeah. So. um I have. Are you still keto? Um, you know, I'm not sure. Like most of the days, uh, I eat diet that is total, probably somewhere around 50 carbs, right? So okay, I don't yeah. measure my ketones anymore. Uh, but I, I don't think I function on carbs. <laughs> so and plus, I fast for like 20 hours a day. So um, yeah, I guess I am. You know, I'm just don't track anymore like ketones and all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, sorry, when, how, how often do you fast? Well, every day, like 20 hours, basically. Wow, so you have one meal a day. Usually I kind of like have one and then a little bit more to like, you know, those four hours in those four hours. And um, yeah, and, and mostly because I really, really love big meals when I can yeah. eat as much as I want. 
and it takes quite a while for the body to digest and you know yes. you're just not hungry after that and and also during the you know, first part of the day when i fast um I just feel more productive. Like I feel, you know, ready to go mm. and do a lot of things. And then I can take like a couple of hours to have that, you know, one big meal. Yeah. I mean, just I'll come back to that diet thing in a, in a sec. But I think it's really interesting. You know, one of the exhibitors at the Health Optimization Summit were Ura Ring, mm-hmm. um, which uh, have you used to an Ura? I mean, I'm sure you've heard about it, but they're, they're really interesting. I haven't used it, but uh, I probably will once I'm in Europe. It's just harder to get it here. Um, yeah. But I also, you know, I heard so many good things about it. It's supposed to be the best tracker for sleep, at least. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's quite interesting because I tried some other trackers with sleep, and I think that Ura is more accurate. But it's just a ring. You wear it on your finger. It, it looks potentially fairly low tech but it's actually very high tech because as well as measuring your sleep it measures your heart rate your heart rate variability your temperature your respiratory rate and lots of other things as well your exercise and all that kind of thing and um i used to i mean i suffered with a bad belly for years and i think that i've kind of mostly sorted that out recently with with a slight tweak in my diet but um but one thing i noticed was firstly the intermittent fasting when i cut breakfast out I never knew what to have for breakfast. I knew that kind of, you know, mm-hmm. Cocoa Pops or Shreddies weren't very good for me, but I didn't know what to have. And this was before I was in this whole world of health and well-being. And then I just gave it up and I ended up feeling better in the morning. My stomach had time to settle. And I, like you, I felt like I was productive and had more energy in the morning. Um, but uh, then one thing I've noticed about the Ura Ring is what I eat has a massive effect on my heart rate and my heart rate variability overnight. Massive. And when I eat early in the evening, my heart rate variability shoots up overnight, which is good. You want the high mm-hmm. heart rate variability rate. Um, it's interesting, isn't it? You know, if you eat at nine o'clock and you have a heavy meal, your heart rate variability be very low. But if you eat at four, five, six o'clock, your heart rate variability will be very high overnight. And I think that's interesting in terms of the intermittent fasting. It shows, you know, it shows how 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 well our bodies are suited to eating big meals but then fasting in between for a while so yeah, yeah it's, it's really interesting that you know when i work with clients uh, and i uh, work on nutrition and diet i always you know incorporate meal timing and for, for i always say you know um three four hours if you can like before bed try to stop eating you know if you especially if you want to like lose weight and improve your gut health though yeah and actually in russia you know when i was even growing up like 13, 14 years old, and we started, you know, talking about diet at school, like, between girls. Uh, um, one of the, like, most popular thing was not eating after six. <laughs> really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, uh, that's, um, that's, I mean, and that's old wisdom, isn't it? Exactly. Um, and, and usually, you know, um, when I was growing up, you know, and probably you, I, I'm not sure, you know, about you or like Europe, but uh, in Russia, it was pretty common. For example, you have dinner somewhere around 6 p.m. and that's it. Yeah, yeah, that's and that's like I always used to take uh, have a laugh and take the mickey out of my friends who live in the north, because in this country, people who live in the north eat dinner earlier than people in the south. Um, and I always used to have a laugh with my friends who live in the north saying, oh, you eat dinner so early. But now I like eating dinner early as well. Um, so, so yeah, uh, yeah, tell me more about your diet and what you do. With so yeah, I was keto for quite a long time, you know, trying to sort out these gut problems. Um, I've had probably intermittent gut problems since I was 18. You know, sometimes it would really knock me for six. It's like really hard to kind of 
do anything really you know I, I could get out of bed but i would feel dreadful sometimes and i just couldn't work it out i tried all different diets i tried giving out gluten i tried cutting alcohol out or maybe reducing it anyway um all sorts of different methods and nothing seemed to work perfectly gluten helped a little bit reducing alcohol helped a little bit going keto helped quite a lot but it did not sort it out completely and i kept hearing about uh histamine and histamine mm-hmm. intolerance and i never really understood it or knew what they were talking about but since i tried everything else and i kept hearing some doctors that i quite like talking talking about it i i, I looked at, into it more and histamine is what the body produces kind of in response to inflammation and we've all got histamine in our body and it's actually like really important to have it but some people create too much histamine which is not quite so helpful mm-hmm. um because then it can cause all sorts of problems including massive gut problems and all sorts of other things that i was getting as well but i didn't think about like oh you know not sleeping that well having uh, hives on your fingers and that kind of thing anyway started trying this low histamine diet and taking a, a couple of histamine uh natural supplements so not over-the-counter histamine tablets but you know something like quercetin mm-hmm. and straight away my gut just got so much better i had so much more energy my skin was way better like no more dry skin i felt great and then i was like this can't be histamine it's just like too good to be true but mm-hmm. it is honestly true to say that i mean this is about eight months ago and since i started doing that not one day my gut has been that bad again so they say that histamine intolerance affects up to 15% of people. So it might just be worth people doing a bit of Googling and just taking one of these online quizzes and just seeing, mm-hmm. just seeing if, if they can, you know, find, find some help. Oh, that's amazing. Uh, can you, for our listeners, give us a little bit more details? Like what does like your day of food looks like and what foods yeah. are you avoiding? Angela, unfortunately, is a lot of the most delicious food in the world <laughs> that I have to avoid, which is a real gutter. Um, but yeah, so high histamine foods include avocados, mm-hmm. tomatoes, chocolate, uh, <laughs> um, leftovers, really like, you know, the more that food sits after it's been cooked, the more that it creates bacteria and the bacteria creates histamine. Um Yeah, I mean, like raspberries are high histamine. Uh, it's 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 quite complex. It's quite annoying, but I, I do miss chocolate and I do have it occasionally, but I notice it. I had a pizza the other day. Uh, I know you've been posting about pizza on your Twitter account, so I shouldn't <laughs> I shouldn't probably be telling you I had pizza recently, but um, it was a gluten free pizza with like obviously tomatoes on it. And uh, I really felt it the next day and I was like, oh, yeah, this is how it feels. This is how it feels when I eat um histamine foods fish is quite high in histamine mm-hmm. um and the other really food you have to avoid is fermented foods um well. because they uh, straight away have like a load of bacteria and therefore mm-hmm. a load of histamine and that's difficult because people think oh kombucha mm-hmm. is healthy but it's not good for you if you've got histamine intolerance so well. you know, if any of your listeners are struggling with it and they've tried everything else it's It's, a, it's been an absolute revelation so much so that I'm probably going to start a separate podcast and blog just on that just because mm-hmm. I know it's quite niche and I know there's not a lot of people who will be interested in it but some people will be and those people will absolutely love it oh yeah I mean for sure uh, for me personally if I had to avoid all these foods like I don't know how I survive especially fish like I eat mostly fish and I love avocados and fermented foods yeah. like sauerkraut is my favorite so Well, that's the fun. I mean, and, and same for me, Angela. I mean, you know, like I 
absolutely love coconut yogurt mm-hmm. <laughs> it's high fat low sugar it's 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 good for you it goes with everything it's a nice tasty dessert without being hardly having hardly any carbs in it but of course if if i was to say look you're going to feel 50 percent better if you give up these foods you mm-hmm. would give it up because yeah. you'd feel better now there are other supplements you can take uh that you can actually take before you eat that reduce the amount of histamine in your stomach so i'm just now starting to try these and that's very interesting and that might help as well but yeah it's it's i mean avocado and chocolate come on these are <laughs> these are just some of the greatest foods on earth yeah i mean i eat avocados and chocolate every single day <laughs> yeah but uh you know um do you know by any chance that if people can test it like do dna testing you know dna testing in russia only like right now getting popular and it's been for a while you know in us and probably europe too so do you know of any tests that can test for that um testing for histamine is uh quite difficult because i believe there aren't any particularly accurate tests and there is a test for histamine but the problem is your histamine levels just completely vary all the time based Mm -hmm. on what you eat based on time of day believe it or not your body creates more histamine in the middle of the night um i mean one of the things one of the little tweaks that i just happened to stumble upon for some reason one night i took a quercetin tablet in the middle of the night and i slept so deeply what tablet a quercetin so quercetin is a natural compound it's found in apples and onions and garlic and you don't have to take loads of garlic (laughs) you can just take a quercetin tablet so yeah so so you know tweaks like that seem to kind of work quite well but um in terms of testing it is it's annoyingly difficult to test for the best thing to do is to look down a checklist of the symptoms Mm -hmm. um see if like three or more of the symptoms like are something that you're getting so and and the sim- list of symptoms is very long. So like say headaches or mm-hmm. um, uh, yeah, itchy skin, hives, uh, uh, sore gut, that kind of thing, diarrhea. And then you just try eating a low histamine diet for three days. Mm-hmm. And I, I think it's as quick as that. I mean, if if you feel good, really good after that, then then it's something you want to look into more. And then you have some avocados and some chocolate and a bottle of kombucha and see how you feel. <laughs> if, if you still feel fine, great. It's not histamine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the best way I think to um, yeah. figure out what foods work for you or what foods don't. Like you just take them yeah. out of your diet and then reintroduce them. Yeah. But there is there is a genetic component to histamine as well, and um, I have done my twenty three and Me test, and I think you you could look into that more. Um, and I think I had some of the genes that were predisposed predisposed to uh, not clearing histamine so well from the body. But um, I can't say if that's like mm-hmm. if it's genetic or it's so, I, that's the thing. I actually don't really know why I've got this histamine thing, but I do know that I've had this since I was about eighteen. I haven't been able to fix it, and honestly, I feel better now than I've felt since then so that's well, great congratulations you know it's yeah, a really thanks. great thing when you find something like that that works so well yeah, um, thank you yeah uh, so tony uh, is there anything else you'd like to share like uh, your personal practice uh, maybe um, some routines some hacks that um, increase your personal energy that you noticed uh, you know maybe some foods um anything really um yeah i mean i think Two of the personal things that seem to work very, very well are um, I do meditate every day um, and I find that, you know, in terms of my energy levels, when I meditate, it makes a huge difference. Um, 
So I don't think that it's particularly, I don't actually think it's a particularly sexy recommendation <laughs> because it, because it sounds a bit boring meditating and it is, it is, it's sometimes it's hard to kind of slow the brain down to actually sit down and start meditating. But the other thing is I love switching my phone off for, and all screens off for at least two hours a day. Now I have to say it doesn't work every day. And, and actually since the baby's arrived, somehow it seems to have like not been quite as regular as it used to be. But I'm going to make the baby the excuse for that. But um, I do think that when you switch screens off, just like you were saying before, for me, I'm uh, it's normally the best two hours of my day. I do all the things that I love doing. I, I cook. I talk to my partner. I go and do some exercise. I read a book. Well, all those things I love doing. And sometimes mm. screens can take you away from that without you even really noticing. It can be quite insidious. So that's uh, something that I've been doing for quite a few years. And I track how long I've switched it all off for and then, you know, feel good about it after. Okay. Uh, those, you know, amazing practices uh, increase your mindfulness. And probably what they do is actually, you know, increase your focus and you spend less energy just, you know, switching on and off between like things. And yeah. that that's why, you know, it gives you energy probably like I also meditate. I'm a huge fan. I've been meditating since I was like 12 or something. But, you know, what I found works the best for me is um, guided meditation. So then I really don't have to think about like sitting or thinking about something or anything. I just follow the guide. Lovely. Yeah. Yeah. That's brilliant. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Um, any parting thoughts or anything uh, you'd like our listeners to like try start doing or i don't know start thinking about to improve their energy you know you are all about energy and your podcast is also about that so any parting energy advice yeah i would say firstly you know l looking at meditation and looking at switching off the screen escaping the screens every once in a while um then i would say uh, on a kind of a slightly deeper level obviously the histamine diets work very very well for me that's not for everybody but if you are someone who is like lacking in energy a little bit that's that's worth doing and then the final thing to say is that and a lot of people emphasize this i was lucky enough to interview matt walker recently who wrote a book mm -hmm. called why we sleep um, and it's been a kind of huge bestseller and, um, he's not the only person to have told me this, but sleep is the kind of master supplement, if you like, um, <laughs> if you don't get sleep right, nothing else will work. And you can take all the, like if you have six hours sleep, you can take all the supplements in the world. It's not going to make you feel like you've had seven hours sleep or eight hours sleep. So it always comes back to more sleep. And I have to say, I'm finding this harder than ever. You know, being a parent, I've woken <laughs> up quite a few times in the night. But sleep is everything. And what we've had to do is just like radically change around our schedule. It's also hard for me because I often work, you know, I'm on the TV. I work till midnight sometimes. So last night I was working till midnight, didn't get to bed until one o'clock in the morning. And uh, it's, it's never going to be a brilliant night's sleep. But, you know, it's funny, isn't it? Because... I, I love all the kind of sexy hacks and we've spoken about quite a few of them on this podcast and that I do love them all, but none of them work as well as an amazing sleep like, <laughs> and probably most people would agree. Yeah, I mean, uh, I couldn't agree more. Uh, most of my life, I actually try to hack sleep and sleep less, but then once I started, you know, allowing myself to sleep eight, maybe sometimes eight and a half hours, sometimes nine if I'm, you know, getting down with something, uh, everything kind of started to get better and better and better, especially my mental health. That's the biggest difference yeah. I noticed. 
Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. And, and look, seriously, um, I, I love following you on social media and thanks for all you do. I always, always find it inspiring and uh, I know you're doing amazing work and you're a proper digital nomad as well. So you're living the dream. <laughs> well, I, you know, thank you, Tony. Uh, I, I'm living my dream. You know, I also like to, for, to help people to understand that it's not everybody's dream and everything has its uh, like bright sides and maybe not so bright sides. You know, again, like there is a better way or worse way do, of doing things and living your life for everyone and it's different for everyone but you know yeah. I, I also you know thank you for your work uh, your podcast i'm a constant listener you know it does bring me more energy either through knowledge or oh, just you know through great. energy yeah. that you radiate um and create with uh, your podcast guest so continue your work and uh yeah, keep keep energizing everyone. So, and thank you very much, you know, for your time and coming to this podcast. Oh, you're you're very welcome. Well, listen, if you come to uh, the UK at any point, and I'm sure you will on your digital nomad travels, um, we can record a podcast in person, and it'd be great to do that. Yeah, if, uh, I'd love to do that too. And if yeah. you are somewhere in Europe, like I'll be probably, um, I don't know, in Amsterdam and in Finland, somewhere there. So, you know, whenever you travel, let me know. Great. Yeah, out. yeah. Love that. I don't have any plans to go to Siberia, but I would like to go. Yeah, well, as I said, like right now I'm going to be in Europe. So, um, yeah. No, there. I want to go. I, I want to meet you in Europe, but I really want to visit Siberia because it's a place that not many British people go to, and I think that'd be good fun. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, it's fun that you like for a couple of days, and then you kind of gonna go back. <laughs> yeah, whereas you get make make sure the fire is like loaded up when I come. <laughs> uh, yeah, and really, really warm fur coat. <laughs> yeah, perfect. Okay, well, nice to talk to you.